Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board, and what an exciting couple of weeks it's been. Locally, the PGA Tour came to New England for the Travelers Championship, and what an exciting uh, playoff, an eight-hole playoff won by Harris English. The drama was crazy off the charts. Two hours of extra coverage, just a fabulous tournament in Cromwell, Connecticut. So with that, great timing. We're lucky enough to have a special guest, Tyler Dennis. He's the executive VP and president of the PGA Tour. So with that, we welcome Tyler. I guess, first of all, before we get to your life story, Tyler, just your thoughts on that Travelers Championship this past weekend. Yeah, thank, thanks, Mike, and, and nice to be with you on the show today. Uh, it was incredible. I, I was personally uh, at home in Florida, and I was absolutely glued to, to the television. It's such a great event, and the, the Travelers companies have just been fantastic, all the things they do in Hartford and the wider community. But uh, that was just amazing golf. Those guys wouldn't give up, and it, it eventually ended, but I was kind of wondering if it ever would. <laughs> we were, too. The sun was getting pretty close to setting there. But uh, just to recap, Travelers, you're right. I mean, I, I, I'm a longtime follower of that tournament. And, you know, people forget 2004, 5, 6, Buick had left. The, the, the tournament really didn't have a title sponsor until Travelers stepped in, and it's gone from – really right now from the bottom of the pack to the top of the pack for tournaments on the tour. It, it, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's one of the, the longest standing tournaments on the PJ tour, but um, it wouldn't be there if it weren't for travelers. Incredible group there that we work with um, Alan Schnitzer, Andy Bissett, and the whole team there. And um, they've just made it into something really special. It's a great, it's a great community. They do a lot for many different charities and, um, it's fun, you know. The players love it there. It's it's fun to come up to New England every year, and uh, it's really one of our favorite events. Well, that's great. All right, Tyler, let's let's learn about you. Uh, I know you're executive VP, president of PGA Tour, but you grew up in Utah. Was golf always your number one passion growing up in uh, Utah? Yeah, I I, I did, and it, it's it. Well, you know, in Utah, and and maybe it's 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 the same in a lot of other parts of the of the country, but. Um, you got to kind of do two different things. So in the summer, it was all about sports and outdoors, and golf was a big focus for me. I've always loved the game. And then, you know, in the winter, you, like, chip around with wiffle balls and stuff inside your house. <laughs> but I grew up, I grew up playing. I, I, I was really blessed. I grew up um, in a, you know, just a, a nice neighborhood, and there was a uh, kind of a community little club so to speak, and I had a nine-hole par-three golf course. And so that's where I grew up playing. You only need a few clubs. I think the longest hole is about 170 yards. And uh, honestly, some of my most fond memories are there. And I, I also worked there pretty much my whole you know, um, junior career as well. So it's a, it's a real special place in, in my heart. It's called the Cottonwood Club. Cottonwood Club. Lake City, Utah. Wow, so that's where you grew up and that's where you learned the game. Did you play any other sports growing up uh, or was it mainly golf? I, 
Yeah, I mean, I I would uh, in the in my summers were basically I'd get on my bike early in the morning, I'd go over there. I was on the swim team. I'd then work for a few hours on the golf course, uh, working helping the pro there. I'd go out and play golf. I'd play tennis, and then you know you'd just just do it the same thing the next day. <laughs> so I was very very lucky, very kind of summertime thing, and. Uh, and uh, I still, to, to, the, to this day, I, I obviously am around golf and made it my career, but I, I, I love to play. I love to play tennis. And, and uh, so those are, those are two great sports that you can take with you your whole life. That's awesome. Yeah, no question about it. Okay, let's fast forward now to high school. Uh, I, I know you played on the golf team. What was that experience like uh, and as it got you ready for college when you went to Stanford? Yeah, it was, you know, I I, um, I kind of uh, really all through those years, I, I loved to play. I was a pretty good player. And Utah's got um, a, a pretty good junior golf thing going on. But, you know, the big picture of, of it is um, junior golf around the country is super competitive, and I wasn't quite at that level. But I played in, played in high school. I was on the all-state golf team there in Utah. And uh, also, you know, like I said, worked in golf the whole time. I, I, I worked at the club we just talked about. And, uh, and also, uh, and this kind of connects later in the story, there was a what was called the Senior PGA Tour at the time. Uh, it's now called PGA Tour Champions. But there was an event, um, you know, near where I lived for many years. And I, I, uh, my dad was a volunteer there. And I eventually kind of was an intern and sort of worked with them on the operations. So I kind of lived two lives. I was playing golf, trying to play golf, uh, and also I was working in golf. And I guess it kind of continues to this day, to be honest. <laughs> well said, well said. Okay, so now let's go to how did you choose Stanford? And that uh, was a very special time to be at Stanford. Just to take us in that all that whole time period in your life. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. It, 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 it was wonderful, and I, I feel really blessed. I, I was, um, you know, good good student academically in, in Utah. Um, you know, I didn't even know where the East Coast was, to be honest. Um, I was sort of looking looking west towards California. Stanford's a wonderful place, and I just kind of immediately sort of hoped that um, I could go there. And, um, you know, the golf coach at the time is a great night, great, wonderful man named Wally Goodwin. And uh, I contacted him, and you know, he said, "Listen, if you if you end up getting in, you could you know walk onto the team and try to be part of it." And I wasn't I wasn't really at the level of being a recruited person or anything. And the stars aligned, and I I ended up going there, and it was a wonderful experience. Now I know was now correct me wrong, but didn't you pair up with Tiger Woods at the same time period at Stanford? Yeah, I mean, I was I was on the team with him. And um, he's a wonderful guy, and I've obviously gotten to be around him through his career as it's it's uh, progressed. But yeah, being being on the team with him is about as far as I can go. He was, you know, just ever so slightly better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, I'm joking. He was amazing. You know, he had already won four four USGA championships when he got to Stanford, 
and you know the rest is history and we were all in awe of him but it was it was a real honor to be be around there and and you know they had just won the national championship Nota Begay uh, Casey Martin some yes. other great players so it, it was really it was really a, a, a awesome experience and like I say I was uh, I was a walk on and got to play a little bit and uh, just some of my favorite memories were, were from Stanford yeah do you, I, you always hear people talk about the favorite memories are kind of off the course do you have any favorite memories maybe with a Tiger or Noah Begay and Casey Martin off the course on the team at Stanford um we had a great camaraderie that all of all of the group there and you know my teammates to this day I'm very close to them in fact one of them is the current golf coach at Stanford and oh, so uh, a guy named Conrad Ray and so we get to uh, <clears throat> we get to kind of stay in touch and keep in touch with all of that um, but uh, you know we, we had fun the one the one story that I always laugh about that um, I'm sure he doesn't remember but I when I very first met Tiger, he um, he looked in my bag, and I had a one iron, uh, you know, a, a very thin blade, small one iron, and I guess I thought that was something that I needed to have to be accurate or something off the tee <laughs> when I needed it. Uh, and he he looked at it and kind of swung it and looked at it, put it back in my bag, and said, "Man, I don't think I could hit that." And and uh, I never said a word to anybody, but I never used it again. <laughs> That's funny. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Okay. So now your life kind of took an interesting turn uh, from Stanford. Uh, did you, first of all, I guess, did you want to play professional golf or was that kind of off the radar? And then how did you decide to go to England for, for further your education, your MBA? Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't ever plan on playing. I, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough, frankly, to do that. And, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the, the golfers listening to this show know that it's, it's in the, the 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 guys that are on the PJ Tour are really just incredible at what they do, and and it, it's such a, another level. Um, so I yeah I didn't have any plans for that, but I, I always like I said I, I had always worked in golf, and I just had this idea that that um, kind of I guess my dad sort of planted a seed with me um, early on. He said you know you're you're going to work your whole life, you're going to spend most of your life working. Um, you know, just the, the reality of it. So you, you better make sure you like what you're doing. You know, <laughs> you're yeah. going to spend some doing that much time on something. And so I always just took that to heart, and I I wanted to be in golf. And like I had said uh, a few minutes ago, I um, you know I had I had seen professional golf tournaments. There was this tournament on the senior PGA Tour in my town, and I thought, you know what, this is a this could be really fun. And I just sort of got to know different folks and. Um, and had helped out, uh, you know, at the PJ Tour, the USGA, and other places. My uh, the golf professional at the club that I worked at in Utah had gone with me, and we took a rules exam on the rules of golf. And uh, you know, I was just a kid, but I did well on it. And so my my first my first job at the PJ Tour before I later went to the UK, and we can talk about that in a minute, but was as a rules official. And so you know, I. I uh, a couple of years out of Stanford, I had worked there in the Bay Area doing some non-golf-related uh, stuff, and I, I had stayed in touch with folks, and I got a call from a, a wonderful guy who runs the, the Corn Ferry Tour offering me to be a rules official out there. And wow. so that was the beginning of what's now been uh, almost 21 years uh, at the PGA Tour. Yeah, so how, how did you like that as a rules official? Was that You always see them on TV and Slugger White. What, was, that, was that you on the Corn Ferry Tour? 
it, it, uh, it, it, it was. I mean, in, in a, in a, and it sounded kind of weird because I was young, you know, but um, Jim Duncan, who, who uh, is the head rules official out there, I think, you know, saw an opportunity for me to be, be out there. And, and I knew a lot of the players because I had just been playing with them. And so uh, gotcha. it just kind of felt natural. And, you know, the, the, the role of a rules official is, um, you know, it's not like other sports. You don't have a whistle or, you know, you're not out there uh, necessarily, um, you know, in, in the heat of the moment. But um, it's very, you know, there's a lot of things that um, that you don't see. You know, you see the rulings on television and so forth. But the, the, the biggest part of the job is really just running the golf tournament. You know, the things as simple as, marking the course for, you know, the rules and, and penalty areas and out of bounds and things like that and doing the tee times and figuring out who which players get in the tournament and so forth. So it was a really, it, it's just a wonderful group of people, the PGA Tour rules officials, and uh, I still work with them to this day, uh, and I love it. And uh, But what a, what a great first job at the PGA Tour. It's just so much fun. And that the Corn Ferry Tour um, is a great goes to great markets, great towns, and um, just a real homegrown, wonderful um, thing. But the players are remarkable. You know, they're just there's just such a thin margin between all of the guys that are out there and, and the guys that are on the PGA Tour. So it, 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 it was just a wonderful way to start my career at the Tour. Yeah, and you're right. You got me thinking. I saw this past weekend they were in Maine, up in uh, Portland, Maine area. So Falmouth Country Club, the Corn Ferry Tour. So that's that's pretty cool. New market. That's right, and they loved it. And um, you know, our former commissioner Dean Beeman was there. He's he's a he's a Maine a Mainer, and uh, the the players loved it up there. It was a, it's fantastic. We when the Ben Hogan Tour started in 1990, uh, we played in Maine, and so it's great to finally be back there. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so then just take us back to the timeline. When did you decide to go to England? Did you take a couple of years off? How did that all work in, with your life uh, going to University of Cambridge? Yeah, so so I started at the beginning of 2000 at the PGA Tour, and um, in 2006 I, I left for a little over a year. It was just it was something I had promised myself I would do. I wanted to go get a master's degree, and, the, you know, years were clicking on and I, I really wanted to just take a take a pause and just you know kind of learn some things about business uh, I had been running golf tournaments and um, being a rules official right and uh, which was wonderful and it was really fun to go do you know go to business school uh, I got an MBA I, I wanted the reason I went to Cambridge in, in the United Kingdom was um, you know just for some just for a different perspective and it was a it was a little over a year program, about sixteen months straight through, and it was wonderful. We had something like uh, there were a hundred students in my class, and there were forty two different countries represented. Wow! So to get that different perspective um, and and kind of look at it from from what I had done at the PGA Tour, like I say, running tournaments and traveling around, seeing all that, and then thinking about it from a business point of view, it really really was a great opportunity. Of course, I, I then, you know, was offered a, a role that was more of a management role and moved down here to Florida, where I live now, where the PJ Tour is located at TPC Sawgrass, the home of the Players' Championship. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of gone on and on from there. Were you able to golf at all in England? I know the weather could be a little bit dicey over there. 
I did. That was one of the most most fun things. The the, the, the golf culture there is fantastic. And Good. There's all kinds of matches, and sort of more competitive things. So I had a really great time with that, and have really lifelong friends I made through that. Which really, if if listeners haven't had a chance to go play golf in the UK and Ireland, I, I would highly recommend it. It's a fantastic experience. Okay, Tyler, just like last couple of minutes, let's talk about your current role with the PGA. I guess just take us through your your day to day role, your your current what's your current week like, say? Yeah, well, it's we've been busy, especially the last year, you know. I so so my, my role these days is, is I over you know, we the PGA tour is, is an organization that includes, you know, the tournaments that, that we've been talking about on the PGA tour, but we also have five other tours. Uh, you know, PJ Tour Champions, the Corn Ferry Tour, we have some international tours. So my day-to-day role is I oversee the, the kind of inside the ropes and outside the ropes on the PJ Tour each week. And, um, you know, that, that involves a lot of different things from the rules officials and agronomists that are, you know, working to prepare the golf course and our scoring and everything to, to more the business side of things, um, you know, each tournament is its own entity that we work closely with and, and we have wonderful title sponsors like the travelers companies we mentioned earlier so it's, it's a it's a it's a you know complicated um thing to put on a big sporting event and, and that's what i do day to day it's been just absolutely the best part about it is all the people we work with in these communities but that's hands down the best thing and um you know every day is fun to go to work and just to, uh, you got me thinking as you were talking last year, this time the coronavirus. What was that like for you in your day to day job? Yeah, it, it was it, it, it was a it was a really and still is, frankly, you know, uh, just a constantly evolving thing. And we, you know, you go back to March of last year, we were at the Players Championship, and uh, you know that's our that's our event, that's our that's our biggest event of the year here at TPC Sawgrass, and, and the world was kind of kind of shutting down, literally, you know, as as we we were playing it. And um, we are we have a, a great leader, Jay Monahan, who's a who's a New England guy, went to Trinity, and um, you know, great guy. And and he got our team in a in a room, our executive team, and and led us through it. And we, uh, you know, that we obviously. Um, in, ended up deciding to shut things down. Um, we were shut down for a little over 12 weeks. And uh, to, to my role, I mean, everyone played an incredibly important role, but I, I was really, you know, we, we, we kind of took it in, in pieces. You know, we had to figure out um, when we thought we could start again and what did the schedule look like. And, you know, we had to had to work with the other golf organizations that run the major championships, uh, do daily calls, and we, we probably had 50 different versions of the schedule, but we ultimately kind of reconfigured everything. We got going in Fort Worth, Texas at the Charles Schwab Challenge in, in June of 2020, and, um, you know, we, we created an entire health and safety program that, um, you know, we learned a lot about, about the, the coronavirus COVID-19 and so forth. And, um, you know, it, it went great. We, we didn't have spectators until we started to experiment with that this past fall. And of course now we're, we're back to, um, you know, in most places having a full, a full sort of normal capacity of spectators. So it's been quite 
an odyssey the past year, to say the least. And but and then one good thing about coronavirus, I, what I've read, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but the participation for golf and uh, has been off the charts because it's one of the few sports you can really do socially distance. It, it, it's been an unbelievable silver lining. Um, you know, we we weren't really sure in the golf industry what was going to happen during during the pandemic, and you're right, it's it's golf at an all time high right now. That rounds played uh new new people taking up the game uh equipment you know sales and so forth lessons uh memberships and people joining golf leagues and what it's at an all-time high it's incredible and um we're really proud of that and i think you know you you can look at golf and you can say it's an outdoor sport um which you know was very helpful during this this difficult time we've been through and you know everybody can play it. Doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. Uh, and so we're we're really focused on keeping the momentum there. Um, it, it, it's been an incredible, unexpected uh, silver lining, and and the golf industry is really collaborating right now on how we can continue to to that wave and and and, and bring more people into the game. And that's a great segue to my next question. And I look at the PGA Tour. I look at the cities that it's in. I'm wondering if maybe if you having it give us any tips, any new markets you guys want to tap into, like a Salt Lake or Seattle, uh, for a future PGA Tour event. Any any cities on your horizon? You think? Well, we you know we we're um, so yeah. The short answer is yes. We we're always thinking about um, where we can take golf. Where you know we know there's a lot of great markets out there that don't get tournaments very often, and we want to try to do that. Uh, we have a couple tournaments that move around. Uh, you know, the, the BMW Championship, which is our second event in the FedEx Cup playoffs, has moved to a lot of different places. And, and you know, as we think about the future, we, we really like the idea of that. So um, we're blessed um, that our tournaments have been so rock solid and so successful. You know, many places we've gone to for 80-plus years, some of them. And so there, you know, in some ways there isn't a lot of movement, but in other ways we're always thinking about that when we have the opportunity to bring a, a new event on. And, and um, you know, whenever we go to a to a market that hasn't had golf in a while, it's so much fun because the fans really come out and it's, it's, it's really something special. No doubt about it. And the last question I have really is, what do you think the future is of the PGA Tour next couple of years? Uh, maybe term of media rights? Will we see some streaming options? Where do you think it goes from here, uh, Tyler? Yeah, so, you know, um, we're, we're constantly focused on our business, and, you know, we'll always continue to evolve it. Um, right now, the PGA Tour is at an all-time high. You know, we, we, um, we're really proud of the product. Um, we 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 probably do more for local communities than just about any sports organization in the world, and we're you know that's that's kind of our 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 value right there. That's that's how we we look at things, and we're just proud of the growth. We we think we're going to grow as an organization out of the next ten years or so faster than we ever have. Wow, and it's really exciting. Uh, we you know we're we're always looking at new ideas and ways to evolve. Uh, you know, one one of the things that we announced last year that li- literally, I think about four days before we had to unfortunately shut the tour down for a with COVID uh, upon us, um, we announced uh, a continuation of our media deals 
with NBC Comcast and Viacom CBS. So the fans are going to get to continue to enjoy golf um, on those two networks on the weekends um, and Golf Channel Thursday, Friday, like they have all these years. We're really proud of that. That's out through 2030. And, you know, live sports on network television are still still what it's all about. And so both of those media partners have been incredible, and we're just really proud of that. And then the other really exciting thing that went along with that is we announced that ESPN is going to come on as, as a media partner starting next year. And they're really going to house all of our streaming products, over-the-top products, on the ESPN Plus platform. It's an incredible platform. Uh, you know, it goes without saying ESPN is really the leader in, in sports platform. And um, we're really excited about that because we've, we've, you know, we've, we've been doing what we call PJ Tour Live for a few years now. It's been a great success. But to have it on that platform where there's a, there's a little bit wider sports audience than just the, you know, the golf, the golf fans and, and being able to, to see that. Uh, one of the things during the pandemic has been that our viewership, uh, particularly on Thursday, Friday, has has been has seen an enormous increase. You know, more people working from home and so forth, and we're glad that they uh, they can they can count on watching the PGA Tour each week. So, so that that you know those media things were are really exciting for us, um, and we're going to have more streams than we've ever had, and and really you know we'll see where the whole. Um, thing goes over the years, but um, we think we've got three great partners and an unbelievable set of platforms there to, to give fans uh, the ability to see the PJ Tour the way they do. Some exciting times, no doubt about it, Tyler. Well, we'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast. And my last question is, what do you like to do outside of work? Your hobbies? I know you have a daughter uh, at Dartmouth up in New Hampshire. What, what, what are some things you like to do outside of the PJ Tour? Yeah, I I do. Thank you. Yep, my daughter's up there. I was just just up in New England and New Hampshire, and goes without saying, this is a wonderful time of year up there. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just kind of the simple things. Honestly, I, I I love I love to play golf, and and I also play tennis. But um, just just kind of the, the the simple things these days. I, I go out for a ride on my bike. I try to see whatever uh, our our son who's still here in high school and my wife want to do. And I just go with it and uh, couldn't couldn't be happier to do those little little things with them. Well, that's great. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Absolutely, Mike. Thank, Thank you. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including. State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.